Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Welcome, everyone. I'm so glad that you're tuning in with us today, which is October 17th. 2018. We have a guest today, and we're going to be talking about a subject that I can't think of a single person that doesn't want this particular thing, which is more love and less conflict in their relationships. Particularly, we're going to address couples. And our expert is Jonathan Robinson. He has authored over 12 books, He's a professional speaker, and he also co-hosts his own podcast called Awareness Explorer with author Brian Tom O'Connor. So we're going to bring him on. We're going to talk about his latest book, More Love, Less Conflict. Here we are. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you, Denise. I'm looking forward to this. I always like to start out by asking you, how did you get on this path? Well, the way uh, that I got on the path, I was very blessed to have an uh, incredibly difficult, unhappy childhood. And I say blessed because that led me to really searching at the ripe old age of 11. And by the time I was 12, I was meditating every day and I was doing self-hypnosis and reading self-help books. So um, I found, you know, growing up in a violent, dysfunctional family was a really good motivator for me to get on the path. I don't, of all the people that I have interviewed over the past five years, I have never talked to somebody who actually started out that young. That is incredible. Yeah, well, you know, it seemed like a natural thing. I could read books and I could meditate. I didn't have control over the outer circumstances of my life. And immediately... What ended up happening is I saw that a lot of this stuff was not that effective, but if even just 5% were effective and I read enough stuff and tried enough stuff, I'd find the 5% that really worked. And Mm -hmm. then as I used that, my life kept getting better and better. Mm. That's simply marvelous. It really is. What did you do after that? Well, you know, I I started, uh, I paid my way through college by doing hypnosis shows. And, you know, I'm kind of lazy, so I focused on methods that really took less than three minutes to do, and especially methods that take less than 30 seconds to do, because I found that I would use those methods. And then it ended up that other people were interested in those types of methods. 
So I wrote, you know, a book, and for my first three books, I got on Oprah because she said these are these this is like the greatest hits of self-help that take less than a minute to do. These, this is amazing. So, you know, for my first several books, I ended up on a show. They became bestsellers, uh, and it was quite a, a, a jump from being this shy, depressed teenager to this person speaking at large, you know, audiences and on TV, and. Um, and then, you know, that's a new type of stress. So then it became, well, how can I find peace and love? Because I think that's what everybody really wants. I missed this, you know, I was getting like 400 calls a day. Uh, so I really worked on, okay, how can I find peace and love despite having a very busy lifestyle and have managed to do that? And, uh, oh. you know, it, it took some, some time to iron out the, the kinks, but life mm-hmm. is good. Did you have um, a mentor that well, helped I've had, prepare you uh, to go before large audiences? I, you could say I've had many mentors, whether it be Oprah or Tony Robbins or other people. Um, but really, it's not a mentor to go in front of large audiences. It's a mentor to find your own voice and be comfortable with it. And it's really the same in relationships how to be you and be comfortable fully being you uh, and letting other people be themselves because I think we all want acceptance. We mm-hmm. all want somebody who understands us. And those are rare commodities in today's world. Mm-hmm. We're things so fast-paced. And in reading your book, you talk about consistency, particularly uh, in trying to obtain good moments with, say, mm-hmm. you know, your partner, et cetera. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, my wife and I, we have uh, little rituals we do that make us feel immensely close every time we do them. And I think when couples find those little things that they can consistently go back to, for example, every day I say something I appreciate about her. You know, I'm already thinking Mm -hmm. it, but I say it, and that helps to create a bond of love. Um, Mm -hmm. Another thing we do is we exchange shoulder massages for two or three minutes, and that feels good. We exchange a long hug in the morning, and that feels good. So these little things um, really help to keep love alive. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, there's so many distractions from love and peace that you really have to find those little things you really can do that keep love alive. And it makes all of life so much better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The communication aspect, sometimes it's very difficult and do you consider it a learned skill? Absolutely. In fact, I consider it the most important learned skill a human being can get. And the reason I think that is because um, the number one predictor of your income in life is how many years you go to college. The number two predictor of your income in life is how well you get along with people. And that's all about communication. Well, you know, to make a lot of money as a doctor, it takes 12 years of learning. To learn how to get along with people, it really, you can get 
100% better in an hour if you know the right information. You can't double you know, your years of schooling in an hour. Mm-hmm. So I wrote the More Love, Less Conflict book because I wanted to have all the best and easiest methods for connecting better with people all in one book. So a person mm-hmm. could just say, oh, okay, here's the greatest hits. Let me just spend an hour and a half reading this book. I'll know all the best information. Because I'm lazy, that's what I wanted, and I couldn't find that book, so I wrote it. And, you know, if you have the right method or the right technique, you can really create miracles. But if you don't, and most people haven't studied communication for even an hour, they they find that they get lost in arguments and blame and all this stuff that feels really horrible and and leads to half a couple's getting divorced. I th- I believe that with your thirty years of experience as a therapist, mm-hmm. you were really you've been um, actually blessed in honing in on how to you know increase love in a relationship and how to reduce conflict. In 30 years, you must have seen thousands and thousands and thousands of couples. Mm-hmm. And then you were able to identify certain trends within those couples and then help them in their reduction of their conflict issues. Yeah. So let's talk about um, just a couple of the um, ways that we can reduce conflict in our lives as a couple? Sure. Well, um, two very simple approaches. Uh, The best predictor of how happy a couple is is the number of positive comments they say to each other uh, as compared to negative comments. So, well, I'll practice one of the simpler, a very simple technique from the More Love, Less Conflict book, uh, which is completing the sentence something I notice about you that I appreciate is. So, Denise, something I notice about you that I appreciate is, is that mm-hmm. uh, your questions really seem to come from curiosity and sincerity rather than, you know, reading off a list of questions or, or anything like that. Because I, mm-hmm. I get that you are really interested in the subject, and that's always what makes for a good interviewer. Now, I'm already thinking that. But when I fill in that sentence, you know, it creates a little bit more bond between you and I. And Mm -hmm. I tell my wife every day something anew that I appreciate about her, either that she did that day or something about her character. And she does the same thing for me. That's that's a good way to have more love, less conflict. But the other way, (laughs) the opposite end, is how to blame each other less because blame never works. But we always think it will work. You know, I – over the years, I've probably tried a hundred times where I told my wife what she was doing wrong or what she was doing that I thought was stupid, and never mm-hmm. once has she said, "Oh yeah, thank you for telling me about that." <laughs> now I see the errors in my ways, and I will have to change. That's uh, I'm zero for a hundred on that. Uh, but we always think, like you know, if we just show them evidence of how wrong they are that they'll they'll open up to us. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is how to learn simple ways to reduce conflict. And um, I, I specialize in really, really simple methods. So I'll give a, a, a method that 
made my wife and I go from 10 arguments a year to zero in the last five years. Oh, I'm, I'm sure good. our listeners are very curious about this one. <laughs> okay. And what I like about it is it involves saying two words. You know, when we're stressed, we don't remember complex methods or ideas. We need something that, like, can be done in two seconds. So this involves two seconds. When you're starting to get upset and you're starting to get stressed uh, with your partner, you just say the words yellow light. And that is a signal that you have to take the next two minutes and be quiet and calm down together. Now, when you take two minutes to quiet and calm down, you refrain from getting into the momentum of upset that leads to arguments and yelling. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I went from, you know, first years of our marriage having a lot of arguments to we haven't had any arguments for several years. Now, two or three times a year, we do say yellow light, and we sit there for two minutes, calm down, and then we proceed. So little things like this can make a huge difference because now we no longer say hurtful things to each other, and uh, that was a great way of reducing conflict. But, you know, the key is to find the method that works for you and your partner, and once you do, then you have a friend for life. Mm-hmm. What happens in a relationship when one of the individuals has a negative attitude about everything. Mhm. Well, part of part of um having a successful relationship is in a certain way knowing how to manipulate your partner into a positive experience. You know, like have you ever heard the term uh they really push my buttons? Mhm. You know, that means like there's a button on somebody that you can push and it will always get them upset, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and people have those. I call them triggers. And in the, in the book, we talk about how to deal with them. But um, people have what I would call love buttons as well, meaning anytime you ask them a certain question or focus them in a certain way, they actually do get into a positive state. So... Um, I I'm very what aware a, of what those what would be a good what would be a, an example of that. An example of that would be um saying uh, what's been your favorite moment from the last week that you've had? Or what's something that you could feel grateful for in your life if you wanted to feel grateful? You know, those would be two simple things, but different things work for different people. Or Mm -hmm. uh, what's um, been a movie that you've seen lately that you've really enjoyed? You you get people focused on the things. The mind often is focusing on negative things. But with the right question, you can get people focused on things that they have enjoyed. And with practice, that becomes more of a habit. Okay, so... Some of the other areas could be what they might be curious about or yeah, um, some responsibility. Absolutely. Or the other thing that really gets people in a more positive state is when they feel understood. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody okay. wants to be understood. And if you can somehow 
give them that experience, it allows them to let go of negativity very quickly. You know, the, in my office, we, women often complain, well, I was telling my husband, blah, 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 and, and he just wanted to fix me. You know, because mm-hmm. that's what men like to do. That's a common do. complaint. That's a very, very common, common complaint. Yeah. And what they really want is understanding. So I, I teach the men a very simple way to help their partner feel understood. Mm-hmm. And in a minute or, not, or less, they can often let go of the stress and they feel so much closer and better. And uh, so really you just have to find what works with you and your partner. And one of the reasons why I put a lot of very simple methods in the More Love, Less Conflict book was because different things do work for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, I find that almost everybody wants to feel like they are understood. And when they feel that way, they, they, their heart just opens up. That's very, very true. A lot of times women will, will com- complain about a specific issue with their partner, and all they want is for the partner to just listen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They just want they just want them to listen. Right. But it's like you were saying earlier, men like to fix things. Mm-hmm. They feel compelled to want to fix things. Yeah. So that's why so in that simple... in, so in that Go instance, on. what does the wife mm-hmm. say? Well, I mean, for she example, can't come out and say, you can't say, fix this, I want you to listen. What would be a better way for her to to handle that situation? Well, men want to be a hero. You know, that's why all the movies with men are all about them doing the hero's journey and finally becoming the hero. Mm-hmm. So what a hero is is somebody who, who um, is really adored or appreciated by, you know, their lover or whoever. So women can say something like the following, honey, I really appreciate when you help me out. And uh, I know that when you try to give me advice, you're really trying to uh, be of service to me. And I really appreciate that. But what would help me to feel really loved that would just so excite me would be if I could talk to you for five minutes right now and you just listen and not try to fix me in any way and just really get what I'm experiencing. Is that something that you'd be willing to do? Because I would really love it if, if I could uh, uh, have you do that for me. Mm-hmm. Because you're re- almost rewiring a guy's brain. Because, you know, at work, fixing is what gets the rewards. But it's not what gets the love and rewards in a relationship. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So you just have to say, oh, you'll get the love and rewards if you do this rather than you do what you have done. Gotcha. Ha! I don't know. Relationships are so complex. <laughs> well, they're not. The reason they're complex, think of it like um, you're, you're told that you have to fly this 747. Okay. This has actually happened. You know, if you and I walk into a cockpit of a 747 while the plane is in midair, that plane's going to crash because we don't know what we're doing and we have not had a single minute of instruction. Right? Yes. Now, there was a situation once where the uh, pilot and co-pilot of a 747 
both died, and a stewardess had to try to land the plane. Mm. Now, she had no instruction, but while the plane was in the air, the air traffic controllers gave her an hour of instruction. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And she landed the plane. (laughs) Even an hour of instruction can totally transform your communication because most people don't even have four seconds of of instruction. Uh All they know is, you know, the way that they were taught to communicate by their parents and society, which is mostly fix things and blame and stuff like that, which doesn't work in relationships. So it's not that relationships are that complicated or that hard. It's that people have zero instruction. Mm -hmm. And once they get some communication methods and they understand what really works, then it becomes a lot easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, when, when couples are having issues and they go see a counselor or therapist, they don't know what's wrong in necessarily in their relationship. Because they're usually in the blame game, or who knows what. Um, and sometimes their therapy can go on for years. Have you cut that part out by writing this book? Well, I was I get bored easily, so I I, um, I never see uh, couples for more than four sessions. I either have completely solved their problem in four sessions or I will never solve their problem. So I don't see couples for long-term therapy because, uh, one, I don't think it's very effective. And, two, mm-hmm. if I can change their communication with each other, which, I, which should take two or three sessions at most, uh, then things will work out. Or they'll Mm -hmm. decide that we're completely incompatible and don't like each other and don't want to work on this, and they'll they'll separate, which is also fine. But um, I think really the key is how do you communicate in a way that's effective and leads to more love and less conflict? So that's why I wrote the book, because uh, most of what I do in – in therapy with with couples is I teach them a couple of simple communication methods that if they use it, they will work. Now, not everybody uses it. Some people just want to blame their partner. And mm-hmm. um, and then if they want to continue in that way, it won't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, it's really not that difficult. Uh, it's just that people are are conditioned to communicate in ways that really do not lead to more love. Mhm. Mhm. Well, I think you're a master. You're definitely a master in this. Well, I the one of the reasons I um I'm pretty good at it is because I was pretty terrible at it and I experienced a lot of the pain of it. Mm-hmm. So, then I started to study people like Oprah or the Dalai Lama who I interviewed 
of what they were doing that was so effective. You know, Oprah's an interesting example because here's a woman who, you know, is was uh, African American, obese, was put into the retarded people's class at school as a teenager, mm, was raped twice by the time she was 14, had a stillborn oh child at 15, oh my you know, God. a horrific childhood, and then ended up is currently the most loved person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So one of the times when I, when I was on her show, I asked, how did that happen? And she said, well, I had nothing going for me except for the fact that I cared about people and I felt like I really understood them. So every day I vowed to care about people and to show that I understood them. And she said, it seems like that worked out pretty well. So it took her from the bottom, bottom, bottom of society to the either the most powerful person on earth or the most loved person on earth. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. And it's not rocket science. Not, she's not brilliant. She was put in the retarded people's class at school. Mm. But she really does care about people, and she really is a good communicator. So, mm-hmm. you know, people are hungry for that. Uh, I consider it like a superpower. You know, if if you can levitate, you don't have to levitate really high to impress people. You right. Because not many people right. levitate. So, so, you know, Oprah really does care, really does understand people and is very empathetic. Well, Mm -hmm. those skills are so wanted in today's world that if you are even bad at them versus being horrible at them, you'll stand out. Most people are horrible at them. They don't know they're horrible at it because everybody around them is horrible at it. Mm. But if you end up just being mediocre at empathy and understanding you'll do much better in your career, much better in your friendships, much better in your relationships. I'm not that great at it, and yet everybody thinks I'm great at it because uh, I do know people who are great at it. Oprah's great at it. I have some friends who are great at it. I'm, you know, pretty decent. Uh, mm-hmm. But since most people haven't studied it, you know, even if you're decent, you, you look really good. <laughs> Well, the thing is, when you're going through elementary school and junior high school and into high school, they don't offer communication classes. Yeah. You're not, you're not taught that skill set at all. Right. You can go to college and you can become a communication major, as I did, and I learned a lot. I can tell. <laughs> You know, so, uh, I, as a psychotherapist, I never had to take a communication class. I had to take one, two years of algebra, one year of geometry, one year of trigonometry, and a year of calculus, but I never had to take a communication class. Mm. Isn't it amazing? It is amazing. Listeners, if you're just joining in, if you've gotten with us a little late, we're talking with Jonathan Robinson about his newest book, More Love, Less Conflict. You've seen a lot of couples, obviously, and we talked mm-hmm. about this earlier. Uh, was there any common issue that would come up well, over and over well, and over the most, again? The, the most common issues amongst couples are uh, three right now, um, sex, money, and politics. But mm-hmm. 
I think that there's the thing behind that is that both people in a relationship don't feel fully understood. So when I teach people how they can help their partner to feel understood, that only takes about 15 minutes. I mean, I can describe it in 15 seconds probably, but some people get it in 15 minutes, and then every relationship is transformed because that's what everybody ultimately is wanting. If you know how to do that, it it has a major effect. <clears throat> but um, so the the underlying issue for all couples is one or more partners don't feel really understood. Mm-hmm. And usually, in re- instead they feel blamed, okay. and uh, that doesn't work so well. You never blame somebody into loving you more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a pattern. Pattern they get into. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, in the in the in in the book, I, I create like alternate patterns, like fill in the sentence, so that it's it's you have a structure. It's so easy you can't blow it. Okay. You know, <laughs> like like. Couples aren't used to taking any responsibility. So I say, fill in this sentence. I can see in this situation I contributed to the upset by my doing blank. Mm-hmm. Now, it might even be that you did a really small thing. But by taking responsibility for that small part that you played, it opens up the chance for your partner to take responsibility for their part. And then you have a whole different dynamic. There has to be willingness on the, on the parties to do that though. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, you know, the way I create willingness is I ask people certain questions. Would you prefer to stay with your blame and, uh, be angry and upset and possibly divorced and unhappy for the next few years? Or would you prefer to, say, complete one small sentence for 10 seconds of difficulty that might lead to more love and less conflict for the rest of your life? Uh-huh. That's really what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. That's very, very good. I say, hey, you know, if if, if you want to go with the blame and the thing and ruin your life, uh, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. It's not my life. But most people, <laughs> when they see that that's the choice and they get it, then they will choose the 10 seconds of slight difficulty over a lifetime of great difficulty. You know, the divorce rate is so high. Has it stayed consistently the same over the years? It stays in the 45 to 50% range for the last 40 years. Don't you find that uh, interesting? Uh, Only because it seems we're moving so, you know, society's moving out so much quicker than it ever used to before as a result of all the advances in technology. Um, And people aren't communicating one-on-one Verbally, it's through texting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's kind of like, when was the last time you had an actual telephone call from someone? <laughs> right. And, and that's different than a 
face to face. You know, I, I talked about earlier. There's uh, these weapons or WMDs, not weapons of mass destruction, but widgets of mass distraction, and yes. all these superficial forms of communication, whether texting or email or Facebook. But you know, a thousand Facebook friends does not equal one really good friend by your side. Mm-hmm. And texting is not the same as somebody looking at you in the eye and really being there for you. I so, know. you know, our hearts are yearning for these deep connections, but the technology sometimes gets in the way. That's why I find it fascinating that the divorce rate isn't higher. Well, we've also gotten better at more and more distractions. So, you know, a lot of of people are just, instead of arguing with their mate, they're just on their smartphone or watching Netflix. Oh, Uh, I see. They're they're major timeouts because that really works as a timeout. (laughs) I'm not going to argue with you. Oh, I just got a text from so-and-so. Or, I mean, you know, when I grew up, I'm not that old. I just turned 59 yesterday. But uh, Happy birthday. When I grew up, there were three television channels, and they stopped at 10 p.m. You know, now there's 17,000. Mm-hmm. You know, every show ever made in the history of humanity is now available to you. Yes. So uh, that's kind of fun, but it doesn't replace our our need for true, deep, intimate connection. Yeah, infection. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you look at the word intimacy, the instructions are hidden in the word, into me see. Mm-hmm. So when people reveal stuff about themselves, true vulnerability, it creates that connection. And, um, you know, I, I'm I'm not a person that's particularly good at vulnerability, but all my friends say that I'm really good at only because you know, I have methods that help me to be more revealing and and it's like having a superpower where people are very attracted to that. Mm-hmm. And that always feels good because one of the greatest experiences of being a human is when you really connect with somebody else in your heart, whether it be your mate or your kid or or the cashier at the store. And I tend to have that experience about five to six times a day doesn't seem that unusual to me, but some people I know don't have that five or six times a year. That's really sad. It is sad. In fact, there's a loneliness epidemic. Mm -hmm. Uh, 45% of Americans say that they do not have one good friend that they really trust. And 44% of Americans say that they feel lonely a lot of the time. And that's doubled from 10 years ago. Gee. Pretty amazing and sad and and tragic. Uh Uh-huh. I mean, that's part of the reason why we had this opioid epidemic and, you know, everybody's polarized in the nation and, you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 a toxic environment when you can't create that around yourself because mm-hmm. human beings thrive on love. I mean, children thrive on love and and connection and uh, touch and all these things that a lot of people don't get on a daily basis. And it'd be like you know, eating Twinkies all day. 
you know, mm-hmm. for weeks on end. It, it just is very, uh, it leads to a lot of stress and a lot of disease. And I think, too, we've become a, a quite a litigious um, society when it, when it comes to um, communication in the workplace, sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That has also divided the, uh, the population in, in, in office environments. When yeah, you know, just, when I was when I was younger and I went to work and if somebody said, Oh, I love your dress, you look beautiful today, that really made me feel good. Mm-hmm. But now you don't dare say that to somebody. <laughs> yeah. Sad. It is. Now there are ways to say appreciations that don't get into a problem like that. And that's a skill, and I actually talk about that a little bit in the book. And um, but most people don't know know those methods or how to exactly. do that. So now we're exactly. you know creates another another layer of separation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know how you would you would say those things any anymore. Mm-hmm. Is that well, a new, would you um, say? Oh, is that a new dress? <laughs> or is that a new tie? <laughs> Well, for example, um, I was uh, I, I I had this opportunity to do this yesterday. Um, I was uh, at a a uh, hardware store, and this woman was wearing this spectacular outfit. Now, if I just went up to her and said, "Oh, that's a spectacular outfit," you know, she's going to think, "Well, he's trying to pick up on me or something." Mm-hmm. But I said. Uh, excuse me for a moment. Um, I noticed that you're wearing this really uh, very attractive dress, and I, my wife is having a birthday soon. And I'd like to get her something like that. Would you be kind enough to tell me what store you shop in? Because it's uh, it's uh, an incredibly attractive dress, and I would really like to buy something like that for her. Mm-hmm. And she just lit up. And soon she was telling me where she shops, and it was very helpful. And uh, and we made a nice connection without it feeling weird or harassment in any way. And so there's little things that you can do that are part of learning the art of communication, uh, learning how to get your needs met, learning how to listen so people feel understood, learning how to solve problems. These are all part of that art, and the good news is most people don't know any of it. And I say mm-hmm. it's good news because somehow their relationship is holding together despite the fact that they don't know all these things which would make it even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's, um, it's something that you, you have to learn and you have to remember I think that's the thing for me personally in in our discussion today is the methods that you, you, you've you um, presented in your book, More Love, Less Conflict, are ones that you would have to do repeatedly to remember how to do them. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's the, it's the remembering it. <laughs> right, it is. I mean, remembering it's just like learning a, a language. Uh, uh-huh. You have but what I tried to do in the book is most of the, the methods, not all of them, but most of them, 
things that could be done in under five seconds. So we're not talking calculus. We're talking, can you complete the sentence? I really appreciate how you blank. Or Mm -hmm. it sounds like what you're feeling is blank. (laughs) You know, know, Mm -hmm. that's not that hard to remember. And you do it a few times, you get incredibly rewarded because people are very appreciative of it. And then it becomes Mm -hmm. a habit. You know, like when I'm driving, yeah, when I'm driving, I don't think, okay, uh, now I take the foot off the gas, I move the steering (laughs) wheel, you know, it's all unconscious after a short period of time. Yeah, subconscious. Oh, I'm so glad that we talked about that. I really am. I think that's a very valuable lesson in itself. Yeah. That in your book, everything is just very short, 15 seconds or less, things that you, you can do. Well, it, it had to go through the most difficult trial possible, which was, do I, me, a lazy person who's not particularly skilled in this area to begin with, can I actually use it successfully? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, <laughs> if, if it went past that, uh, then I knew it was pretty, pretty good and simple and, and most people could use it. <laughs> Oh, this has just been a great interview. Is there anything else you'd like to add today? Well, I, I covered think a lot of that, territory. That whether you know a person gets my book or some other book, that mm-hmm. they the best way they can really uh, transform their life in the shortest period of time is to learn how to communicate more effectively. Because mm-hmm. you know. I've written books about happiness, and, and Oprah called me you know, a happiness expert. And she said, what's the most important thing to learn about being happier? And I said, well, in real estate, it's location, location, location. When you get into the happiness research, there's only one thing that's important. It's relationships, relationships, relationships. And the key to good relationships is good communication. Mm-hmm. So it's worth an hour or two of your time to learn the simplest methods for improving that because that's going to make you happier. But even more important, it's going to make your family happier. It's going to make your mate happier. It's going to make your kids happier. It's going to make your coworkers happier. You know, Mm -hmm. so people see when they see somebody who's a good communicator, it's very attractive. And um, I think it's, it's one of the best things you can do for the people you care about. Oh, there's one other thing. Um, I do have a, a, a website called morelovelessconflict.com, same title as okay. the book. But uh, people can download what are called the 12 Questions of Instant Intimacy. And these are 12 questions. It's a free download on the site. And um, these are questions that anytime you ask anybody these questions, it immediately leads to a nice, intimate, deep conversation. So it's very simple, you know, a question like, uh, you know, what's, what is your favorite thing to do in the world right now? You know, people love mm-hmm. answering that, and it leads to a great conversation. So I would recommend that people, you know, download that and play with that. And that website, again, is the name of your book? More, yeah, the name of the book, which is morelovelessconflict.com. Great. And where can people purchase your book? Um, everywhere, hopefully. 
So, you know, they can purchase it on that website. They can purchase it at Amazon or the local bookstore. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to be with us and to teach us. My pleasure. This is what I love to do. So thank you for the opportunity. And thanks for, for the, you know, good questions and and openness and, and uh, receptivity. Yeah, I, I know a couple I'm going to give your book to. And I'm Great. hopeful that it will help. I think yeah. it will. As long as they're readers. <laughs> I'm Luckily, not sure avail- if they're readers It's available on Audible, audible.com as well because uh, – yeah, we're also busy nowadays. It's kind of nice to sometimes have a book uh, uh, read oh, to you. I'm so glad that we we discussed that. Maybe I should do that instead. I'll get it off of there. Thank you again, Jonathan Robinson. Look for his book, More Love, Less Conflict. Thank you so much. Thank you, Denise. Bye-bye. Goodbye. All right, that wraps up our interview for today. Please join us again next Wednesday. We're going to have a fabulous guest. You won't believe who's coming on our show. So look it up. Until then, be well. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.health MediaNow.com with any questions you may have and follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at KnowledgeWorksPub.com. Be sure to visit GotCancerNowWhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What?